Geeks! Hello and welcome to the We Are Geeks, a guide to Ghost in the Shell special, a subsidiary of the Geeks special. podcast that comes out every single Tuesday talking about topical games and movie news, a subsidiary of the We Are Geeks podcast, which uh, has movie reviews as well and different show reviews, and published by We Are Tessa So if you head over to iTunes, type in We Are Geeks, you can subscribe to us. Uh, type in We Are Tessa in the URL and you can spin out to all our social medias and check us out. I'm your host, Mr. Al White. And joining me today is Tanroy Shida. How are you doing, buddy? The usual suspect. <laughs> usual suspect? <laughs> well, not really usual. It's been a while. Yeah, nice. it has been a while, yeah. Um, thank you for joining me for this. Oh, like, thank you. We were, so when we, I was pitching this to people, the new Ghost in the Shell live action movie was coming out. Um, it's obviously been on the cards now for a long time. Um, but we had... The first trailers came out over a year ago, didn't they? Like the first little... Is it that long? The little tidbits. They had those oh, little yeah. weird glimpses. Huh. Yeah, At least a year ago, anyway. Okay. Um, and I happened to be just sort of coincidentally at the time working on an article, which was, I was revisiting all the Ghost in the Shell anime. Um, so all the movies, all the TV shows, all the straight to video, all the weird convoluted mess of it all. And I was just trying to refresh myself. Um, I was working on some stuff at the time so I could sort of watch it and half tune in when I needed to. And then I was rewriting everything. I've seen most of them a number of times and I was kind of trying to A, put them in order and B, just trying to like, I wanted to write an article to help people understand what Ghost in the Shell was mm -hmm. because it's really complicated and convoluted, mm -hmm. more so even than like the Sony, Fox, Marvel, MCU mm -hmm. thing of everyone owns different rights. Mm -hmm. um, and then when the movie was coming out, we sort of decided, well, instead of doing the article, because who reads words mm -hmm. these days, Tamara, right? Mm -hmm. Let's just make a little video and a little uh, podcast and just chat about it. Mm -hmm. So to make it clear to people, this is by no means a comprehensive uh, uh, sort of lowdown on everything with Ghost and Shell. I'm by no means, uh, you know, expert, an expert in this field. And to be fair, it's been a long time since I've been as deep into Ghost and Shell as I used to be. Um, but I'll explain my history with the series in a bit. But our intentions with this is just something for the casual, casual person yeah. who's intending to maybe go see the live action movie, doesn't really know what Ghost and Shell is, doesn't really know if they oh, yeah. like the movie, what else should they check out? Um, and is going to be for sure confused by the amount of content that mm -hmm. is out there. Um, with different names. And, and we are not talking about the race thing. We are not going to yeah. be talking Let's about Let's not do light, that because no. that's not what the Ghost in the Shell is about. That's what the film is about. Exactly. So yeah. Um, we are going to be doing a special uh, movie review of the Ghost in the Shell movie. So we, we'll get into that. I'm sure. Yeah. We'll yeah. But for right now, we're just going to be talking about yeah. pre-existing Ghost in the Shell anime content, a little bit about mm -hmm. the manga. Um, and that's it. So you're Japanese. So some people might be able to tell but... <gasps> I'm looking at you. Did you know? <laughs> is this a reveal? Is this a weird like, moment? What? <laughs> no. Um, manga. Manga. What's what is the correct pronunciation? Manga. 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 M manga. Yeah. Okay. Good. Thank you. That's a <laughs> life of saying that word and never having the. It's say like you say as flat as possible oh, because okay. we don't have those sort of um, accents. It's more tunic. It goes up or down, not like dun, 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 dun. It's oh, not okay. like. So it's definitely not manga. Yeah, it's not manga or it's manga or it's just manga. 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 Okay, so yeah. like I'm really bored while I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Manga. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, Tamara, I guess before we get into anything, what is. Actually, sorry, before we get into anything, mm -hmm. if people are listening to this on the podcast, thank you. Um, oh, thank you. But do head over to YouTube, type in We Are Geeks, Ghost in the Shell, Tessellate, any of those words, 
Uh, Tessellate has two S's and two L's. And you'll get our, uh, our feed there you can subscribe to and you can watch it. And it's definitely going to help. We've got not all the visual aids, but we have some visual aids. Uh, we're kind of traveling at the moment. Sadly, we don't have all the Ghost in the Shell paraphernalia on us. Um, but we'll also be pointing out some stuff. We have a screen behind us with some of the characters on. So once we talk through them, we'll point at their beautiful faces. Um, so yeah, definitely go check us out on YouTube. Tanro. Yes. What is your history with Ghost in the Shell? What's Ghost in the Shell? <laughs> oh, you mean Koka Kidotai? There you go. Yeah, Koka Kidotai. <laughs> I, I have it written down here and I was like, there's no fucking way I got to be able to read that out. <laughs> so thank you. Um, not much, to be honest. Uh, because I came here when, when I was 15, here as in London. So like, I wasn't hugely a big anime fan in Japan. The only thing I really liked was like, Evangelion or more stuff from like back in the 70s and blah blah blah. So this kind of falls in a bit where I'm not really aware of. Okay. Um, but later on, like only like five, six years ago, I started hearing about this. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was like, oh, what is this? So I watched it. Um, so you saw the first one, the first anime, just like five or six years yeah. ago? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So what is, because we were talking a bit about it last night, because we hung out and watched Ghost in the Shell Innocence, which we'll get into, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, and I was saying to you, because in, in the West, anime really came to the US when manga video uh, mm -hmm. started publishing stuff mm -hmm. in about, what's it, 92, something like that. Um, I've been unwittingly watching anime my whole life without really knowing about it. Mm -hmm. I, I used to take holidays in France and I'd see Dragon Ball a lot. Mm -hmm. Even stuff like Thundercats had a lot of Ghibli artists were working <laughs> on that, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really, it came around 92. It was a cure that kind of brought it over. There was Yorotsuki Doji. There was Ghost in the Shell came a few mm. years later. Um, but I remember then growing up and you always thought, well, Akira has got to be the biggest thing in Japan. And then talking to <laughs> Japanese friends and realizing, oh, no one knows yeah, no about one knows Akira. About no one cares yeah, about it, no for sure. No one cares knows about it. You were saying Ghost in the Shell is a little bit in the middle? I'd say Ghost in the Shell is kind of very adult. Not like sort of... Over 18, yeah. uh, uh, it's for mature audience in Japan. Okay. As opposed to like Evangelion, which is quite mature subject, but a lot of kids do also watch it. Yeah. Whereas for some reason, Ghost in the Show is often for a mature audience. Okay. So it is kind of known all in Japan, it is respected, it has a fan following, but not necessarily as ardent as the Western following. For yeah, it. I'd say so. Yeah, I okay. think that's fair to say. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Just maybe because there are just so many others. Yeah. You know, that defined what <laughs> there are more animation than, is. More than 10 anime. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what, just to clarify then, you've seen the first Ghost in the Shell movie. Mm -hmm. You saw Innocence last night, which was yep. the sequel. Uh, what else have you seen? I saw some of Arises. Okay. Um, I'd say I've seen at least two seasons, maybe okay. three, four. I'm, I can't remember. Okay. Um, I think I saw this latest one too. The, the, okay, we'll get into what that yeah. is. But the newest, yeah. the new movie that came out last yeah. year. Yeah. Okay. But you can't, you missed the sax, which is standalone yes. complex. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, my history is, yeah, like I said, I got into anime at an early age. I was, I was obsessed with anime when I first mm -hmm. saw it. Other than I, to my shame, I saw like Ghibli, I saw Naushka. How do you mm -hmm. pronounce that one? Naushka. Yeah. I always called it Nausicaa until I met Haruka. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Naushka. And Totoro. Uh -huh. um, Totoro? And, 
thank you. Uh, you're going to be annoying on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't really like them, to be honest, because I was in anime at the time for style, and it didn't, those aren't really stylish. They're just beautiful and, you know. Yeah, lovely. okay. I can understand. Whereas that, Ghost yeah. in the Shell and Akira and stuff had a lot of style mm-hmm. um, to them. Um, so I was. I went to the cinema to see Ghost in the Shell the first day it came out over here in art cinemas. I remember sitting down in the cinema and I actually remember very clearly for some reason some guy walking in about five minutes after the movie had started mm-hmm. and it's when Mage's like taken off her clothes to go into cloak mode to jump you know, down and shoot yeah, out the window. One, yep. And the guy walks in and he just turns and goes, oh, walked in at the right time, I see. <laughs> the moment she like unzips her clothes. <laughs> I don't know why hmm. that, that stuck in my 14-year-old brain. You see, mature audience. Exactly, mature audience. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I, I had some problems with it, but I really loved it. There was nothing like that at the time um, growing up in England. And I've been following Ghost in the Shell ever since. Like I, was, I went to animation school when the sequel came out. Um, it was a huge influence on me um, as a filmmaker. And I've watched all of the sacks. I watched the movie version of the sacks. I watched all the Arise. I watched the new movie. I watched... So just to clarify, there are seven Ghost in the Shell feature films. There are five direct-to-video mini films. There are three TV series, three video games, numerous mobile games, and even a short Microsoft Surface advert, mm-hmm. um, which is actually pretty funny. You should check it out. Um, I've seen all of them multiple times. Um, and I, am, I would say I'm a huge Ghost in the Shell fan. I've read the first comic. Um, I've read half of the second comic. They're laid out here in front of us. Um, a long time ago. It's been a while, though, since I read the manga. Um, and the only thing I've played one of the video games but that's about the only one that I've played because they're hard to get hold of otherwise I definitely would um, be playing them even though they're not great <laughs> um, so but uh, yeah but the weird thing for me with Ghost in Shell is I really love the world and the series mm-hmm. but whenever I come to making my sort of list of my top 20 anime films of all time I struggle Hmm. with which Ghost in the Shell film to put on there and where to put it. They're very different. Or multiple ones, yeah. And that's yeah. the point. So they're very different. Um, and that's one of the things we're definitely going to be tackling of. There are very different visions of this world. Mm-hmm. But where did the world first come from? Well, it came from Masamo, Masamune Shiro. Is that you would say that? Yeah. Yes, Masamune Shiro. Masamune. Um, it was published in 1989 in an anthology manga called Young Magazine in Japan. Uh, yeah. It was at that point called The Ghost in the Shell. I'm looking um, at that right now. Yeah, it's interesting. And it was released in separate volumes uh, in 1991. It tells the story of the fictional counter cyber terrorist organization, Public Security Section 9, which is led by the protagonist, Major Matoko uh, Kusanagi, in the mid-21st century of Japan. Um, who's, most of the time, she's just called Major. And she is, of course, yeah. this lady can, down here behind us. Can I ask about the title? Yes. Do you know how the title Ghost in the Shell came from? I knew you were going to say that. I did used to know that and I've gone... Because I think it's a very appropriate and a really good title for what the story is. Whereas the Japanese title doesn't have that sense. The Ghost in the Shell. Oh, what is the Japanese title? It doesn't have the word ghost, for example. Like what it says in Japanese title is like... Assaulting shell um, team, like that's kind of so. I've got a translation. Special yeah. squad. Yeah, they yeah. like to call it here the Mobile Armored Riot Police, which is yeah, like yeah, that kind of yeah. Thing. So like, there's no sense of like ghost or like there's no sense of that spirit that is in right. the shell. You know, it's just very different. 
Yeah, I, I'll be honest. So really and I feel ashamed now because we're not starting this off in a good <laughs> way. I, I did used to know when that came about. I can't remember if that was attributed through once they decided to release it to the West and they kind mm -hmm. of renamed it or not. Um, but yeah, it's obviously like Ghost in the Shell is famous for being very philosophical and we're going to be talking about that for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, the Ghost in the Shell is the basic principle. And that's kind of what's great about the series is the, the lowdown of what it's about that I just read out is really all it's about. It's about public security, sure. Section 9, basically these kind of left field black ops mm -hmm. team of the police they go and do uh tackle police mysteries normally to do with cybernetics and normally mm -hmm. to do with something existential and mm -hmm. cybernetics uh political comes in a bit later um and yeah a lot of it's about the ghost in the shell and the ghost in ghost in the shell is literally just a, a, a word soul that they use for yourself spirit. yeah whatever you call which it. they do argue whether it exists or not in in the mm -hmm. films and the tv shows um but the ghost is yeah, the soul, and there's a lot of cybernetic talk, a lot of AI talk, mm -hmm. a lot of progressive stuff that really built off the back of Blade Runner at the time. Um, hmm. The first manga came out okay. shortly after Blade Runner. And then Ghost in the Shell really proliferated it. A lot of people in this generation might know Ghost in the Shell purely because the Matrix stole lots, like hmm. tons and tons. Go on YouTube and hmm. type in the Matrix, hmm. Ghost in the Shell. There's literal shot-by-shot -shot comparisons where they replicated story elements shots mm -hmm. everything and they openly admit that like mm -hmm. ghost in the shell is a huge influence on the matrix um so you could argue in some ways the film's already been made in live action albeit in a sort of eschewed format um <laughs> yeah but yeah so there's there's a lot to talk about yes seven films five direct-to-video mini films three tv shows where do you start tamro what do you do well the first one first I you guess. start with the first one exactly the 90 was it uh so 94 95 depending where you're out the original film ghost in the shell made by production ig um which is a wonderful production house they uh sorry it was directed 95 yeah 95 yeah it, it uh, says 95 in japan in japan yeah. as well okay yeah uh, directed by mamura oshi mm-hmm um, so Mamoru Oshii is a legendary uh, film director yeah he's very famous in japan uh, is he? like Although, like, I think more people uh, sort of know him as the director of Pat Labor and uh, yeah. Urusei Yatsura, which is translated as, I don't know what. Oh, so Urusei Yatsura is how we say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never yeah, no, said properly. That, the one with the girl in the bikinis yeah. and yeah, Urusei Yeah, Lam-chan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lam-chan. One of my favorite uh, 90s Nordic bands is a band called Urusai Yatsura, but they call themselves Urusai Yatsura. They don't do okay. it proper. Urusai Yatsura. Urusai Yatsura. Yeah, okay. yeah. That was like my dad's favorite. So some of them are really good. I've been watching it since I was like really small. Yeah, he directed some of the movies for that, which were great. Yeah. Um, as well as I was well. called Tenchan when I was a baby. Were you really? Because I looked kind of like him. <laughs> <laughs> Confirmed. So yeah, um, he's more known for that by the common... Not common, like, like general public. public. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he, he's a very interesting man. Um, mm. Yeah, he directed, he said, the Paddle Boy series. They were pretty big in, in the West. Um, not as big as Ghost in the Shell. The uh, Urusai Yatsura. He then went into live action, although he did Avalon, which was his first mm -hmm. live action film, which was a big, weird, convoluted, beautiful mess. Um, he started doing Gacha Man too. He did 52 episodes. Did of he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, and I think the last animated film he did was The Sky Crawlers, which he spent a long time over. Um, he's obsessed with flight. Uh, when was that? That was, well, I want to say, sorry, I don't know the dates, 2004, I want to say. 
Wasn't there another sort of the latest Patalaba movie? That 2008, was sorry. Uh, 2008. 2008, so yeah, that's probably the... There was a Pat Labor movie, the last Pat Labor movie, well, that we got in the West anyway, was WX3, uh, which was, had like a Godzilla creature in it, but yeah, that was not yeah, directed yeah. by him. Oh, was that it not? Oh, sorry, team. my bad. He just did one and two. Yeah. Um, and he's a, he's a very big philosopher. Um, yes. Now, when you read the original comics mm-hmm. um, of Ghost in the Shell... There is some philosophy in there. There's more politics, there's more action, there's more fan service, to be mm-hmm. honest, which increases as we're looking <laughs> at. Uh, by the time you get to the Ghost in Shell 2 um, that Shiro did, there is crazy fan service, mm-hmm. which is not even in the first one. But they really were more police procedurals um, with a little bit of philosophy sprinkled in. Um, it's really to Oshi's credit, like he took that and ran with it and injected mm-hmm. so much of his own personality into Ghost in the Shell. And I do wonder if anyone else had made that first anime would have become the franchise it did. Like, I feel it's the combination of, of um, Shiro's original characters mm-hmm. and then Oshi taking them and doing completely different things. So he them. put the ghost in the shell. He did put that. <laughs> yes. I, I really do think he did. Um, and I would argue, particularly by the time you get to Innocence, it's almost unrecognizable from the manga. Mm. Like, mm. it's so unrelated in terms of how the characters act with each other and the mood. Uh, yeah, so it came out in 1995, hugely critically acclaimed, um, as we have like the new Blu-ray that they've just obviously released to try and get some more money from the live action coming out. Why not? Um, visual masterpiece, one of the greatest anime of all time, a work of profound and melancholic beauty, breathtakingly beautiful, mind-blowing hard science fiction that live action has yet to match. Um, yeah, everybody loves this movie. Uh, Tamara, yeah. since you saw this fairly recently then six years ago or whatever yeah i mean you know yeah. content like not in 95 yeah, 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 yeah. uh how were you coming to it like like how was it coming to such a sort of classic anime film uh 20 years after it came out yeah well not 20 it's 15 years after it came out I do you know. like it <laughs> <laughs> i mean i guess that's what i'm asking you did you enjoy it yeah i enjoyed it yeah yeah okay very much so yeah i did um so much so i immediately looked for more and that's how i started watching arise arise as well right okay maybe not the best idea but we'll get into no, why, it was why not. of that yeah um so let's just run through all of them quickly and then we'll talk a little bit more in depth mm. about what people should investigate uh the music though for ghost and shell is very integral yes. to um, oshi's vision at least yes. uh it's by kenji kawaii who also worked with him on pat labor he done ran half he went on to do films like ring um the Japanese versions, mm-hmm. uh, Avalon as well, Princess Blade, Dark Water. He did the Death Note, uh, as well as Dragon Tiger Gate, Ip Man, uh, Westerners might know him from, and Eden of the East. What's uh, interesting about the theme music of this is that it's very, it reminds me of the very traditional Japanese um, music called Gagaku, which is very much to do with gods, and uh, it's a music for the gods. Okay. So it's very spiritual. It's very, um, yeah, creational, I'd say. Okay. Which is, yeah. Um, yeah, it's... it's yeah, I'd never, like, when I first saw the film, I'd never heard anything like it. Mm. Like, it was... So mm. you kind of didn't know... I was both... Both loved it and was kind of creeped out by it because mm. it was very mm. eerie. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's the sound of Gadaku music. Okay. Yeah. And to be clear, it only really follows through into Innocence. It's only the Mamoru Ochi films. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenji did both of those. Um, and I'm fascinated with what they're going to be doing with this live action. Um, yeah. In terms of... So for those who's interested, it's Gagaku, as in G-A, 
GAKU Gagaku. Show you some music of Japan. Oh man, I'm on the second. I'm just checking Oops, out sorry. something. So then it went away for nearly 10 years. Um, and when it came back, we had this one, which is Ghosts in the Shell Innocence. Um, so Ghosts in the Shell Innocence, it's. Is a sequel, like it's a proper, proper sequel. Yeah. It took him a long time. It took him those full nine years, basically, to make this movie. He was originally also going to be making Jinro, uh, The Wolf Brigade, which is mm-hmm. one of my favorite anime movies. He handed it over to a different animator to direct. Um, and quite famously, uh, Oshi wasn't too happy with how Jinro turned out. I actually think it turned out better than if he had made it, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but in a sense, it came around at the beginning of really CGI being integrated into anime. And you really see that. You really yeah. see it. <laughs> So that's what I was saying to you last night, like when we watched it, it's like, I was like, you have to see this film because it's so different. It's very different from anything else that Ghost in Shell have done. It's the 2D animation in this film is phenomenal. I still think it's some of the best 2D animation ever, um, even now, 12 years later. Mm-hmm. But the 3D animation is, is, it's fine in some places. In other places, it's garishly out of place. And what's worse is they seem to be so enamored with it. They're really celebrating, look what we can do now with computers and 3D models. And they linger on those shots needlessly and in real close-ups on some of them, like mm-hmm. the clockwork dog and even the parade. Um, but I what? don't want to go into the details too much right now, but I like the dog shot. With the clockwork dog? Yeah. Really? Because that really says that, you know, the dog is the only thing that is not a robot okay you know he he is i feel he's a bit i, I said to you last night i think he has too much power by the time he did this movie. <laughs> and it had been made been gestating for too long because it's so up its own ass this film uh kind of in a wonderful way mm. but it's so self-indulgent like his dog so oshi um has a dog called gabriel mm-hmm. which is the dog that is in innocence and he puts it in a lot of his movies he put it in palabor as well mm-hmm. i believe um but it's like featured in this film to a fetishistic kind of degree. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. also even on the world that they spin the globe, suddenly the dog's face turns yeah, up on yeah, it again. Sure. It's very, yeah, very it strange. It does come a little bit too often. It's very strange. Yeah. Um, it came out though, I was at animation school when this came out and it was a big deal. We, we kind of studied some scenes from it because it was doing big, bold things with CGI mm-hmm. at the time. Um, yeah, now it is to its detriment. I feel you could cut some of those bits and mm-hmm. it would be a shorter, tighter movie. Um, but it came out, uh, people, it, critically, people loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, Studio Ghibli were involved, but don't be fooled, they weren't involved with the animation or the direction. They just kind of helped get it out there and publish it. Do you think the pace kind of mirrors like classics like Ozu kind of Japanese movie? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. if the first one feels quite Western, mm-hmm. Innocence feels a lot more Japanese to me. Yeah. Just even yeah. with the act structure of it, mm. it goes, it like slows itself in places a Western film wouldn't. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, and there's a lot of talking in this movie, like a lot of standing around yeah. talking about philosophy. Yeah, we ended up laughing at it every time yeah. because they'd be in the middle of a battle, and one of them would just start <laughs> quoting philosophy. <laughs> and at the end of the film, Bado does turn to yeah, someone in the film and just say, "All right, now is not the time to be quoting philosophy." Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The entire movie—that right. is correct. Now is not the time <laughs> to be quoting philosophy. And I love people sitting around talking about philosophy. So. Um, but yeah, we'll get into how much we like them at the end. So those are the two Oshi films. So to a lot of people, they're the only two true Ghost in the Shell movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're the only two most people might have even heard of mm-hmm. up until recently. Mm-hmm. 
so just before Innocence came out, however, mm-hmm. while oh, she was working on that, they decided they want to revamp Ghost in a Shell as a TV show. Um, and the TV show was called Standalone Complex, or SAC. It came out in 2002. And it was far closer to the original source material mm. in that it was episodic crime TV series. And it still had some philosophy in there, for sure, in the things it was exploring to do with cybernetics and AI and can mm-hmm. AI have a soul, which is really the, the big crux of the whole Ghost in the Shell mm-hmm. franchise. Um, but it shrugged off the philosophy more for politics. It got a lot more yeah. into the political world of I'm, crime. I'm not sure if the philosophy is the right word for that. Like, this was definitely philosophical because it was like yeah. how... Literally. Like, well, no, no, but the first film is as well. Just not yeah, quite as yeah. much as, but they do sit around talking about a lot of philosophy in the first film. There's just more action in the first film. Yeah. Um, but the TV show really was more about politics. It yeah, shifted politics. focus on purpose yeah. to be more about yeah. politics. Um, it had 26 episodes the first season. And then 2004, the year The Innocence came out, um, Second Gig, which was the second series of the SAC a TV show, came out. Also 26 episodes. It's a lot of content, over 50 episodes of that show. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched all of them at the time as they were coming out. The first show was directed, <clears throat> um, sorry, the first show was centered around The Laughing Man. The second show was entered, centered around The Individual Eleven. Um, let me just get up the directors here. So you've got Kenji Kamiyama, um, who was a stalwart at Production IG. He had went on to direct Eden of the East. He also directed 009 RE Cyborg and Guardian of the Sacred Spirit. Um, and he did both of the series, over, overseeing both of them, directing most of the episodes. Um, a big change here was the music. So you mm. got someone, I don't know how familiar you are, but for me, this was, growing up with anime, I used to buy a lot of soundtracks to anime, but I have to admit, not many of them actually that great. I would just love the films or the TV shows so much. I would listen to it. Yoko Kano. Do you know this lady? No. So she did Sounds all... like Yoko Ono, but it's not. Right? It does, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> she did all the music for the Ghost and Shell TV show. Um, fantastic soundtrack. Now, Yoko Kano is... <laughs> is that's a name. It really sounds like you cannot say Yoko Ono properly. It's Yoko Ono. <laughs> she is uh, so good at doing different genres of music. She does jazz, she does rock, she does pop, she does sad piano waltzes, she does everything. Um, she does like techno and stuff as well. And she mixes it all into Ghost in the Shell. Now, people will know her um, from a lot of stuff. Macross Plus was one of the first ones that she did. And that was the first anime where I was blown away by the music. I remember just being, oh my God, the music is incredible in Macross Plus. She did Escaflone, she did Arjuna, she did Wolf's Rain, Terror and Resonance, but she's really known in the West because she did Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. Um, so she did all the music for Cowboy Bebop, yeah. um, which was obviously was way more jazz infused. Um, and she's fantastic, like she really is. Um, and the soundtrack, to the Ghost in the Shell TV show, Standalone Complex, is brilliant. There are multiple, multiple, multiple CDs, and you can download a bunch of iTunes, and I highly recommend a lot of them. Hmm. Um, there's a lot of bad music in there as well, for sure, but there's just so much content. You can pick through it. Um, so, yeah, they did two series of that. So let's try and, let's, let's try and section this out. They did two series of that. So, unfortunately, I don't have them out in front of us, I'm afraid, if you're watching the visual aid. Um, they're all in, in America. So you've got the Ghost and Shell, Ghost and Shell Innocence. They're their own thing, and they are their own thing. There is no sequels to these. That is all you need if you're watching those original direct-to-cinema releases. They're the two films. Then you have the TV show. You've got Sack, 
uh, standalone complex, and then you've got SAC's second gig, which is the second part of that. Now, to confuse things, Japan has a tendency to take a TV show and then truncate it down to a movie length. So it'll come out, they'll do, they just recently did it with Attack on Titan, they've done it with hundreds and hundreds of TV shows. If it's a big success, they like to take it, and then they'll truncate it down, they'll reanimate some new bits in it, so it's always with some new footage, mm -hmm. and then they put it out in cinemas in the short-term release normally. Um, so yeah. you can go and basically see the first yeah, season. We do that quite often. Of the TV show. Yeah. <laughs> it's confusing as fuck. And normally it doesn't work for me. Normally it's always like, no, you should watch the TV show, it's much better. Um, however, Mm -hmm. With Ghost in the Shell, there's like 52 episodes of the two TV shows. There's a lot of content, mm -hmm. and not all of it's great, particularly in the first season. Mm -hmm. I think the second season's better. Um, so there are two truncated versions that you can get, and this is all available for you in the West. If you're living in America or you're living in the UK, there are new copies coming out right now, Blu-ray even, because of the live-action film, thankfully. So you can get Ghost in the Shell, um, Standalone Complex, The Laughing Man, <laughs> and that is essentially the first series of Sandler Complex cut down to like a two and a half hour epic movie with some new footage put in. And it works well. And then you can get Ghost in the Shell, Individual Eleven. And that is the second series of that TV show, truncated down again to like a two and a half hour show. So that essentially is two new movies that you can get. They were released in cinema. They just weren't made originally for cinema. Now, <laughs> to finish that off, they then did make a film that was made for cinema. And that is this one that Tamara is looking at quizzically now called Solid State Society. So the full title for this is Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex Solid State Society because you need more words in your title, <laughs> Japan. Thank you. So this is the ending of the Standalone Complex TV show. Um, so if you're watching them not as TV shows but as movies, you've got The Laughing Man, Individual Eleven, and then Standalone Complex. Uh, this came out in cinemas. It was under a lot of critical acclaim. Um, I went opening night to go and see it with a friend. Um, it's all the same people who are involved in the TV show, obviously because they knew this was the end and they were doing it as a movie. It's got a little bit more budget. It's got a little bit more effort in it. Um, it's a little higher production value. But essentially, this is the end of the TV show. If you watch this on its own, it's going to confuse the fuck out of you. If you're a fan of Ghost in the Shell and you've seen these Mamoru Oshii films beforehand, and then you watch this, it's also going to confuse you a little bit. <laughs> because Solid State Society ostensibly covers the original manga. So it ostensibly covers the same story as Ghost in the Shell, Mamoru Oshii's original. And it deals with um, the puppeteer, um, which is what the live-action movie is going to be dealing with as well. It's quite glossy, isn't it? Yes. The look is yeah, no, very a, different. Not all of it, but it is a good-looking movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, these two, Solid State Society and the original Ghost in the Shell Oshii film are covering very similar subjects and similar characters and a similar story thread. They're done in drastically different ways, very different ways. Um, so it's worth seeing both for comparison. What about the timeline? Like, it's, there's They're not no connection do. whatsoever. That's what I mean. Like, it's yeah. literally like the retelling of that but in the TV universe. Because mm -hmm. the TV universe is completely separate from the yeah. cinematic universe. They don't bear any relation in mood, in tone. Um, the characters act, interact very differently with each other. You have a thing from the comics, um, the Tachikomas, which in the comics were called something else. Um, what were they called? I've got it written down here somewhere. Da, 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 da. No, I don't. It's gone. Um, they're, they're a bit of Fuchikoma. They were called Fuchikoma in the comics. They're these kind of weird little spider-like mm -hmm. crab tank things. Um, it's in Arise as well, right? Yes. Yeah. So they had... 
legally there were some problems with them, so they weren't allowed to call them Fujikomas. So the mm. he, um, Shiro himself had to redesign them, called Tachikoma. Um, and sounds very different. Put them, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice little. He, he literally, the design's almost identical. Um, uh, Mamoru Oshii didn't want them in Ghost in the Shell because they're too cute. They're yeah. like little mascots, True. essentially. Um, there's adorable little talking AI tank things, and they're very cute. They are in the TV show, mm. um, and they follow through into a rise. So that's a big change in the mood as well of the TV show. There's a lot of comedy, and the Tachikomas even have this thing called Tachikoma Days, where at the end of every episode of the TV show, they get like a little three-minute skit mm -hmm. where they're kind of philosophically talking as cute AI <laughs> you know what is what happened in that episode mm -hmm. and how do you deal with the psychological and philosophical repercussions that character re reminds me of that uh, uh what's the name of that character in the the knights of sidonia i've never seen knights of sidonia yeah like that kind of like cute sidekick character yeah. is very common in japanese anime i think yeah definitely yeah i really like the tachikama um i've had people watch the ghost and shell tv show with me and hate i mean they're annoying at times yes but not as annoying as jaja pinks nope <laughs> <laughs> and it also depends and we'll talk about that at the very end do you watch the japanese version or the dub um the american dub version is pretty grating with the commas. oh really say. yeah yeah they're pretty annoying <laughs> it could be that the japanese version to japanese is is as annoying you know but the cultural divide makes it more acceptable to me oh okay yeah all right but let's get through this mm -hmm. so that's it we've got the cinematic movies, we've got the TV series turned into movies, and then the TV movie to end the TV series, Solid State Society. That is not the end, though. Then we go into a little thing that he did called Arise. So Arise is where it gets really complicated, if you didn't think it was before. Arise, ostensibly, is a prequel um, to everything, really, but essentially they wanted to be a prequel more to the TV show. Um, there was Arise 1, two three and four now there are other sites right now and i'm not trying to like bullshit people because like i said we don't know everything but there are a lot of sites giving you incorrect information about this right now hmm. because out in the west at the moment is only arise one two three and four and then there's a thing called ghost in the shell the new movie if you mind holding that dude up the new movie which came out last year 2016. now these are all tied together but let me explain let me walk you through it so Ghost in the Shell Arise is like a prequel. As you can see, we've got a young major here. And it's meant to be her young years, how she got involved with Section 9, how she brought her team together. Mm -hmm. It contradicts almost everything from the old TV show. And it certainly contradicts things in the cinematic universe. So I prefer to look at this, again, as a complete fresh start, not tied to anything. Um, a lot of fans didn't like the way that Arise went. Uh, they thought it was very purposefully... And I mean the directors and people involved very purposely aimed it at the Western audience. They weren't going for Japan. They were going Did for America. Think? No, they've come out. They've very, oh, they really? very purposely said this is oh, their intention. Because, uh, like, huh. God bless Japan. Like, they can be pretty upfront with that kind of thing sometimes. Um, so it's directed by Masashiko Murata, who did Gilgamesh and some of the Naruto Shippuden movies. And also Kazushika Kize. Um, who's worked with Production IG on animation for many, many decades. Music, they went with someone very cool again. It's a Japanese guy, Kiago Oyamada, who is also known as Cornelius. Yeah. Cornelius is a very cool musician. He's been doing stuff with Hollywood as well for many, many years. Um, does great. Doesn't really just do soundtracks at all. He does his own albums and he's superb. 
Um, yeah, but the directors weren't people who I was that enamored with. But it's Ghost and Shell, so I wanted to check it out. Now, this is one you're going to be able to get probably on Netflix. It's been on and off as well. It's definitely iTunes. Uh, it's been popping around. So you've probably seen Ghost in the Shell arise around in places. It isn't beloved by fans of Ghost in the Shell. Um, they're like 50-minute um, separate movies um, dealing with one massive overarching story. The quality, as far as I'm concerned, is all over the place. The first episode, I actually think it's great. They have some cool new ideas to do with um, uh, yeah. AI. I remember liking it, yeah. The second episode I really didn't like at all. Um, I rated all of them, like I so said, we'll do that at the end. Um, but it's all over the place. Mm. Narrative-wise, I would say it's best to go into these separately um, and not to include them with everything else. Now, where it gets complicated is that Arise did pretty well in Japan, better than they thought. So they decided to turn Arise, the four movies, into a TV show in Japan, which was called Alternate Architecture. Um, so... <laughs> Okay. What they did is they took the <laughs> four episodes and yeah. then they cut them into half-hour episodes, Okay. showed them in a different order, mixing scenes between the episodes. Just because. It's completely confusing. Yeah. And then at the end of it, of course, they decided to do, make two new episodes to finish it. Now, mm. those two new episodes are crucial to people in the West because what we think is that there's a rise one, two, three, four, and then at the end of it all, we're on the same team, albeit one new director, who's Kazuyu Nomura, um, who had worked with uh, Studio Four Degrees on Kid Story, Mind Game, Tekken King Crete. Um, sorry, no, that's the wrong one. Ghost in the Shell, the new movie. This is the end of the Arise story. So what most people in the West think is it goes one, two, three, four, Ghost in the Shell, the new movie. Now, that's what most fans think. <laughs> Mm -hmm. What is confusing is firstly that they called the end of it and went to cinema to just Ghost in the Shell in some territories, which is really confusing with the original Ghost in the mm -hmm. Shell. Calling it the new movie, you might think, okay, it's just like a reboot mm -hmm. of the original. It is not. If you go into Ghost in the Shell, the new movie, you will have no fucking clue what is going on unless you have watched all of Arise. Okay. Worse than that, not only all of Arise, but the last two episodes of the alternate architecture TV show in Japan was then truncated into a rise five, which is called pyrophoric, uh, pyrophoric cult. I think we need some sort of diagram here. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so just basically what it boils down to is this show is basically ignore alternate architecture. Yeah. Because that's essentially a TV version of this. Who cares? Mm. Watch a rise one, two, three, four, and then the unreleased in the West pyrophoric cult, which is essentially a rise five. five. That leads you into Ghosts in the Shell, the new movie, which is the ending to it all. So what's confusing right now is we don't have a, a chunk of this story is missing from both America and UK because we don't have Pyrophoric Cult. It's about to come okay. out because of the live action movie. But it's not missing in Japan. You can get it in Japan. Okay. So if you're in Japan and you listen to this for some reason, um, you can watch all of these and you're fine. And that's the right. order you need to do it in. If you don't, you're going to be confused as hell. You really are. And without spoilers, to just confuse things more, you are yep. kind of saying at the end of, like, this seems like it might lead to the... The, the original, original cinematic movie. So, yeah, at the <laughs> end of Ghost in the Shell, the new movie, which came to cinemas last year, at the very end, the last scene, with no spoilers, it does lead you in to the beginning of Ghost in the Shell, the Mamoru Oshii movie. So to me, it kind of feels like you're doing this kind of like loop, right? 
But the TV show, that's the thing, the old TV show is completely out. And the, oh, rest, no, it does, yeah. and the rest of Arise contradicts everything in both iterations. Hmm. So as far as I'm concerned, it's just going, no, look, we're going to tell the same story maybe, but it's a separate dimension. So the easiest way for me, for you to look at it, is there are three dimensions to Ghost mm -hmm. in the Shell. The standalone complex yeah. dimension, of which there are three movies. If you don't want to watch the TV show, just watch the two movie versions and then the last and movie. And that's standalone. That is standalone. Very good. Yeah, there's a little Tamara joke. <laughs> you got the Mamoru Oshii movies, of which there's just two. Mm -hmm. And then you have the Arise show, of mm -hmm. which there is one missing chapter, which is part five, for mm -hmm. pour, pour, fire, blah, blah, that one. Mm -hmm. And then the new movie. Yeah. Now, do not, please, because I know people who say, oh, I hate Ghost in the Shell. I was like, what did you watch? Oh, what's that movie that came out last year? It's, we're going to get into a second whether they're good anyway on their own, <laughs> but, but it is so confusing. Do not watch Ghost in the Shell, the new movie, unless you've seen all of Arise. Please, please, please. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say do not watch Arise unless you're already a pre-existing Ghost in the Shell fan. That is the bulk of it. Mm -hmm. There is also this weird little Microsoft Surface tablet ad, which is essentially, it's called a new, uh, another mission. Uh, go onto YouTube and you can watch it. It's three minutes long. Mm, yeah. Type in Microsoft Surface, Ghost in the Shell, Arise. And it's made by the Arise team. And essentially, they're selling you Microsoft Surface tablets by using it in the mission. And it's pretty funny and pretty cool. <laughs> You're like doing all the fighting while holding like the tablet while it's downloading and then throwing it to another one who clicks it into the keypad. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, all right. So we've gone through the majority of it. Very quickly, mm -hmm. let's just tell people who the characters are. Okay. Because if you're watching a live action film, these are the people who I'm presuming all of them are featured. I've tried to stay away from spoilers with the feature film, so I'm afraid we don't know as much as some people might know. But you have Major Matoko Kusanagi, who's in the middle. She is the main character, played by Scarlett Johansson in the film. You have Bato. He's this guy with the ponytail. He's the second in command. In the movies, he's the direct representation of Mamoru Oshii's opinions and views. Um, he really is. He basically plays Mamoru. Oshi. Oh, that's why he is the one who's got the dog. That's why he's got the dog. That's yeah. why he loves old cars, <clears throat> where everyone see, else is in future cars. Uh, you have Togusa, who is the only member. Uh, where is Togusa? He's this guy here, this handsome fellow. Uh, depending which iteration you're watching, he's the only member of Section 9 to have no cybernetic uh, replacements, and he's very old school. He likes using non-automatic handguns. Because he comes from the police department, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's the one of the only humans? Well, they're all technically human other than sort of major, but it's sort of spoilers with certain elements of it. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. But they all, have different they all have different degrees of cybernetics in them, depending on which series you're watching. But uh, Togusa always has the least amount. Mm. Then you've got Ishikawa, um, who is the bearded dude over there. Uh, he is an information warfare and technolo technology specialist. You've got Saito, who is the guy with the sort of eye patch over there. He is a tactical sniper. Um, he has a prosthetic Hawkeye uh, implant, which patches into satellites to let him know where people are when he's sniping them. you got Paz, the investigator. He's in the far left there looking cool, smoking a cigarette. Uh, he used to be Yakuza. He's also a womanizer. He's famously quoted in one of the shows, I never sleep with the same woman twice. And he uses a folding knife. Um, and then you got Borma, who's the bigger dude there, who looks a little bit like Bato. He's the explosive specialist and he likes to carry heavy weaponry around. Um, and they're kind of run by the chief or lieutenant colonel, depending what you're watching, uh, Daisuke Aramaki, who is known as the Old Ape. Who is this guy down here? He is played by Takashi Kitano. Yes. In a live action movie. Um, and then, like we said before, the Tachikomas join them on certain uh, iterations. So, 
if I'm guessing people who've tuned into this, so there's probably some people who just, you know, are like, oh, I want to see a live action film. This looks interesting. This might be an easy way to digest it. I apologize if we haven't given it to you in an easy way. I hope it's a little bit clearer in terms of what is out there. Um, the three universes, I would say. Mm-hmm. That's Ghost a good way to look at it. So. Um, and they're really catering to different audiences. And I think that's the key thing, is what you want out of your Ghost in Shell experience is directly um, Yeah, but you have to watch this one, right? Well, that's what, that's what we're going to get into right now. Yeah. So let's do it. So I have right here, like I, like I said, I rewatched them all within the last um, nine months, and I've rated them all. Mm-hmm. I actually wrote whole reviews on them, but obviously I'm not going to go through that. I'm just going to do my rating. Before that, very quickly, I just noticed the major kusanagi the name kusanagi is quite interesting name because that's one of the sort of um japanese original emperor who we believe or like in the story in the mystery of it uh believe that this japanese god created japan and the world and uh, he had a sword uh, a mirror and uh, a marble and the sword is called is named Kusanagi sword really so it's very mystic the, so it's like a tool the name of the Kusanagi is. yeah exactly interesting which is yeah that is interesting good choice um, that real, little red light's still on on the side of the camera isn't it in the back there yep good that's reassuring she's <laughs> <laughs> had a couple of bad experiences recently so it's best to check all right so in the order they came out, um, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, now let's go by universe, but universe can be less confusing. Okay. Let's rate them quickly. Sure. So the very first anime movie, mm-hmm. Ghost in the Shell, Mamoru Oshii. Um, this one for me is a, is a difficult one for me to rate because it is a classic. Mm. It is a true classic. I have to say, if you're into anime, it doesn't need to be the first one you've seen, but it definitely needs to be on your list mm. of anime films you have to see. It's not for everybody. Like I sat down, I tried to show it to Katie and she did struggle with it in bits. It's actually, it's got some great action in there. Um, the animation looks wonderful in places, a little bit stale nowadays in other places. Yeah, it's, it looks a little bit dated to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a lot of philosophy talking in there and uh-huh. it's, whether that's to your liking or not, it depends how, what type of sci-fi you like, mm-hmm. you know, if you like that left field. Um, in, in, and I don't wanna like, I'm not chastising anything. Like if you want action sci-fi, that's great. This is definitely more the thinking man sci-fi, but there is action in here. Um, for me, it's a solid eight out of 10. Like it's, it has mm-hmm. problems in there that I can't really ignore. Um, but it's story is great. There mm-hmm. are enough classic scenes in there for me to override the stale of more boring scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, would you recommend this? Movie? Eight out of 10 sounds decent for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I actually have like, yeah, four maybe films I'm definitely going to recommend to people at the end. Uh, Ghost in Shell Innocence, which was the sequel that we watched last night. I laughed all the way through this movie last night, really, in places, because it is pretentiously ridiculous. Like, it's so up its own ass, like I said. Yep. It's so philosophical. Mm-hmm. If you think the first one's philosophical, you have no idea. <laughs> uh, but I have to say, I this is the only one I haven't been back to in a while. And coming back to it last night, I was so happy with how beautiful most of it does to look. Uh, mm-hmm. The mood of it is fantastic. True. It's just missing an urgency and a pace. Like, I feel the first half is fine, and then it just really lags. There's a repetitive scene that I don't want to get into that, to me, mm-hmm. kind of ruins the pace of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it ends with a really cool finale. Uh, I can live with the philosophy. Mm-hmm. It's the old CGI is trouble for me and the mm-hmm. pacing. 
this though for me is my favorite world of Ghost in the Shell. Like the mm-hmm. mood of the city, the way the characters are, they're very somber, but they still have humor to them. Mm-hmm. Um, the way they're portrayed. Like this is how I want Ghost in the Shell to look and feel. It's mm-hmm. just not, it's just not the story mm-hmm. and the pacing that I want. Um, so this one for me again is really an eight out of ten, but for oh, yeah. very different reasons from the first one. That's the problem. It's like it's nailing the stuff I want and really failing in other areas. So this is why I always struggle with Ghost Shell where to place it. Mm-hmm. There's neither of these two films is doing everything that I want. They're both doing different things that I like. If you could combine like the story from the first one and the pacing from the first one, but with the animation and mood of the second one, perfect. You weren't a big fan of the one last time. I'd say six. Okay. Maybe. Um, yeah, I just I wasn't as excited as watching the first one. Yeah, I'd agree. And the repetition of the quotes just got on got on the way too much, and uh, the plot line wasn't as clear as it should have been. Yeah, it was pretty convoluted, and then when yeah. you pick it apart, it's very simple. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if you like the first one, I definitely recommend you to watch this. Yeah. But I'd say 6.5. I think your viewpoint is more how most people will be. Like, because yeah. most people, it's got to be about the pacing and the narrative. And I don't disagree. I, like, I'm really into mood and animation. Mm-hmm. So, like, the mood and the animation of Innocence is so good. Like, so mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. But looking at it objectively as a movie, yeah, I agree. Like, it does yeah. fail. Um, what I do find interesting with Innocence is it's the only one which doesn't really deal with Section 9. You're basically just dealing with Bato and yeah. uh, Togusa, and they're working basically and as two that's, partners. that's, I think, a huge thing as well. Like, I liked this because I liked the character of Major. Oh, okay. So not having the Major is like, yes, Bato is an interesting character, but not strong enough to be the lead character. Okay. It's just in really good sidekick. Okay. And for him to be the lead role and to have, uh, what was it? The um, Togusa. Togusa is like just not strong enough for me. Okay. Um, so I kind of like that, but I think it's because I have OD'd on the Section 9 X-Men style Ghost in the Shell. Everyone's, cause it's like, yeah, Section yeah, 9 is kind of yeah. like playing a game, a computer game where everyone picks you know, a character that has the attribute mm, mm. that sort, you know, that, that supports the other uh, the characters. Um, whereas Innocence is very much its own Blade Runner yeah thing yeah like it's it's separate from that i was very curious because in the innocence togusa talks to bato as a sort of equal rank yeah in the original togusa is very much like a newbie yeah he's like the new rookie yeah so like it feels like there's a huge gap in between here yeah i think there is though yeah there's quite a few years in between isn't there what what does it sound like back Uh, it's only three years, four years um, in between them. But mm. I feel that's long enough for, uh, yeah, 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 to have yeah. himself and worked his way up and stuff in the ranks. Um, so they're both, so for me, they're both recommends, but depending, I, I completely appreciate what you're saying. Mm. Um, you're saying definitely check out the first one. Um, if yeah. you like the first one, you might want to try the second one, but do beware. Yeah, like don't expect the same. Yes. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. Um, now, for me, it's kind of weird because if you, if you don't like the first one, I would say still check out Innocence because you might like, if you don't like the first yeah, one, that's true. you yeah. might get something very different. Yeah. So it could be worth. Now, with the TV show, which we only have Solid State Society mm-hmm. here to represent, you haven't seen any of these. No. Um, so for the Laughing Man movie version, I'm not reviewing the TV show versions because that's 
too convoluted. This There's, is a standalone complex. Right? Yeah, the standalone yeah. complex, yeah. The Laughing Man, which came out in 2006. Um, I gave that a 6.5 out of 10 when I reviewed it. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've said here, I'm actually going to read a bit of my review here because it's been a while since I looked at this. So. It says, a true example of a great anime TV show being truncated into a mess of a movie. Stretching almost three hours long, The Laughing Man has a great central story with some enjoyable scenes and interesting philosophical moments. But in condensing the 26-episode season into a single film, they managed to create a lumpy mess of ham-fisted attempts to tie everything together into a singular focused experience. Added scenes are so contrived as to make one wince and the pacing is all over the place. To add to this, the vigils have sadly not aged well and the show lacks the animated flair of other Ghost in the Shell entries. Watch the original series if you have time, and if not, return to this one when you've already become a committed fan of the franchise. Quite harsh. Yeah, I did the man's what I wrote. Yep. Clearly, just objectively, the truth. <laughs> um, but then we get to Ghost in the Shell, Standalone Complex, The Individual 11, which was also released in 2006 as the movie version. This one I gave 8.5 out of 10 to. Hmm. And what I said was, completely at odds with the first TV show to movie attempt, The Individual 11 is a spectacular epic that manages to expertly weave the original's 26-episode multi-stranded plots into a truly meaty and satisfying whole. This is aided by some far superior animation than its predecessor, which really helps sell the morally complex political story whose themes are far more universal than that of the future heavy The Laughing Man case. Both storylines are excellent, but the individual 11 features far better handling despite some of its impactful scenes suffering from this shorter edit, particularly in its final moments. Overall, though, this is one of the franchise's finest entries. Hmm. So, yeah, and I, I do remember really loving the individual 11 when I went hmm. back to it. Um, and then for the final one that they have, the straight to cinema, standalone, complex, solid state society, I also gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Um, I said an almost perfect finale to the standalone complex TV show, SSS boasts a tightly woven alternate spin on the classic puppeteer narrative, proving themselves ballsy enough to go toe-to-toe with Oshi's much-loved original. Luckily, this is a completely different beast. The regular feature runtime allows for a much fresher and less dense narrative than the TV series movies, and despite a few sags, this is one of the most palpable, uh, sorry, palatable and thoroughly enjoyable ser- entries in the series to date. The animation cleans up the style used in the TV show and, for the most part, is superb. Yoko Kano's soundtrack is one of her best yet. And after the incredibly weighty and soul-searching The Individual Eleven, SSS offers up an almost perfectly concise end to this beloved iteration. Um, So yeah, highly recommend uh, those. Now, the question is, I guess, could you just jump in to Solid State Society um, or could you just jump into The Individual Eleven? and not watch the first one, The Laughing Man. And I would say yes, hmm. I really would. I would recommend going Individual 11 and Solid State Society and just ignoring The Laughing Man. I think The Laughing Man will put off a lot of, a lot of viewers. Then we get into, so there's one missing thing from all this, which I have to talk about just as a warning. You'll also notice when you go to buy Ghost in the Shell, nowadays you should just get this one that's out in front of me. It's the new version they're putting out. It's beautifully remastered. Um, there is, however, a Ghost in the Shell 2.0. It is not the sequel. Yes, yeah. <laughs> this is a. <laughs> it's not the sequel. It was a re-release of the original 1995 1995 movie. Uh, it had remastered visuals and a number of scenes completely reimagined with CGI characters and cars, um, akin to the early Appleseed CGI movies. Hmm. So, like the iconic bit of her jumping off the roof at the beginning. They yeah. redo her in a CGI model. <laughs> like, it's, 
it's mind-blowingly stupid and it kind of only speaks it came out in 2008 like four years after innocence and it only speaks to the mindset of mamoroji that he wanted to return to his original with this newfound love for cgi that he had does it have time. a similar look to this one then? no it's much okay. worse <laughs> it's really because it just sticks out it wasn't built from the ground up to have these things you know and they're doing it with actual characters okay actual characters it is abhorrent i've given it a three out of ten here because it shouldn't exist it's so fucking horrible do not watch Ghost in the Shell 2.0. Whatever you do, don't be tricked by it. Don't let it seem like, oh, this is the jazzier director's cut version. This is the sequel. No, it shouldn't exist. It was just put out to get some extra money from you. Ignore <laughs> it completely. <laughs> then the last thing, Arise. So as I've kind of already alluded to my opinions with it, it's all over the place. The first episode I gave an 8 out of 10 to. The second episode here I gave a 6 out of 10 to. Uh, third episode I gave a 7. The fourth one I gave a 7. Uh, I don't remember what I gave to Pyrophoric Cult, to be honest. Um, and then the movie, Ghost and Shell, the new movie, I gave a 4.5 out of mm. 10 to. And I've watched this now twice. I watched it again to make sure. Because I looked at this score and I thought, that must be a bit harsh. Maybe I'll burn out. So I rewatched it last week. For, in my opinion, so incredibly dull. The, and the animation isn't good. The, anything good from the new movie is done better in certain episodes of Arise. But if you want the entire story... Mm-hmm. Yes, you need to watch Arise, Power for a Cult, and this. For me, Arise is like a watered-down version, like really watered-down really, version really watered. of the original. Yeah. So, it, does this, the, the standalone complex, does it kind of come in between those two in terms of like the density or like intensity exactly. of it? I'd say exactly. So when standalone right. complex first came out, it was kind of pitched as, yeah, the more action-y version mm-hmm. of Ghost in the Shell. It is nothing on Arise. Like, Arise is all action, pretty much. Yeah. Other than the new movie, weirdly, which I was expecting, well, at least there'll be fun action. It's dull, dull, <laughs> dull people talking about stuff I couldn't care less about. Um, but the good bits in Arise, there is some good action in Arise. It really is. There's some great action. There's some cool new ways that are evolving stuff. The animation's not that great. Um, I think that's what I mean by, like, Ghost in the Shell in Japan is for mature audience. Yeah. Whereas Arise doesn't feel yeah, it like, feels like that it's for at teams. all. Yeah. But really geeky teens who just love deep, yeah. deep, deep science fiction. Yeah, yeah. But not good deep, deep, deep science fiction, like True. trashy deep science yeah. fiction. Yeah. Uh, whereas Standalone Complex, yes, it's exactly in the middle. Mm. It's got mm, politics, it's got philosophy, it's for grown-ups, but it's also got some fan service, yes. Major is definitely in her underwear a lot more, and it's definitely, mm. she's got, like, it's sexed up, the action is more frequent, there's more humor. Um, but it's still got the adult bent to it, which, yeah, you're yeah, absolutely yeah. correct. Arise is much more for teenagers. Um, cool. So, I have this big question about this universe. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm sure if I do a research, I will can eventually find out somewhere. But so the original says it's 2029. Mm-hmm. The um, standard complex says 2034. Well, that's Solid State Society. But, okay. Okay. Anyway, so for anybody who's not familiar with the Asian culture, um, I must say these two movies, the... Cinematic movies. Original and The Innocence, they are not set in Japan, or at least they really do not look like it's a Japan. They are meant to be set in Japan. But but all the signs on the road... All, all the billboards, all the documents they read, mm. um, like those things that came up in the uh, 
in the second one. Yeah, like the like characters that came up on the... The wheel and stuff. Yeah. They're all in Chinese. Really? And they're not Chinese letters we use in Japanese language. They're the China-specific kanji. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a quick look right in now. In a way, it just feels very um, continental. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, again, it's been a while since I read the original comics. Um, I'm sure it's most future science fiction has China plays yeah, a big so role in it. Yeah, so for me, this looks very much more like a Hong Kong or Shanghai to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then both Arise and Standalone Complex, they look like Tokyo. Like yeah. clearly they're Tokyo. So like, I don't know what that is It is about. definitely meant to be future Japan, but I hear like it might be a future Japan where it's been integrated now with Korean and Chinese culture. Yes, and, yeah. Um, we should look at that and then bring it up maybe in a future podcast. Or like during the Second World War and before the Second World War, a huge part of China was occupied by Japan. So I'm also thinking like, is there some sort of connotation to that as well? Blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I'll be honest, I don't know. When I was looking up now, I did find something. Don't you hate it when you Google something mm-hmm. and you can see in their summary the bit that it's found that connects to you, but then yeah. when you go onto the page, you can't find oh, yeah. it. <laughs> the page. There is something out there to do with the kanji also, in Ghost and Shell not being Japanese. In the stuff. opening of The Innocence, there are some Korean characters as mm. well. So it's just very confusing. Yeah, like I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure Mamoru Oshii yeah had his reason for doing that and that's why he thought the future would be a certain way it is meant to definitely be japan for sure Mm. um but yeah like i'm i think he takes big creative liberal yeah decisions with how he wants to portray that Mm -hmm. so what it boils down to then at the end of the day it's a live action movie comes out in a week we don't know how that's going to be yet it from what i've seen of it it could actually be great it could be a complete mess by the look of it it looks like it's going to be these two right like yeah, it's definitely so to be clear. Yeah, the live action of the, the story is definitely the original Ghost yeah. in a Shell. It's dealing with the puppeteer. Yeah, um, but there are some stylistic things they're stealing from Innocence from mm-hmm. the trailer. Um, but it's it's some of it is almost shot by shot the original mm-hmm. Ghost in the Shell. So you know, if if you enjoy the live action movie, and we'll get into that in our own review next week. But if you do enjoy it, then yes, I would definitely obviously say check out the original movie so you can see what it was based on. If you enjoyed The Matrix, I'd say go check out the original <laughs> Ghost in the Shell. Um, but what would I just recommend overall for me is yes, you should check out the first two cinematic movies. Um, you should check out Ghost in the Shell. You should check out Innocence. Um, and then as far as I'm concerned, you should go and check out Individual Eleven from Standalone Complex and Solid State Society. And see those two as their own pairing as well. Mm-hmm. So you essentially have two kind of double features. They're mm-hmm. the four that I would say go out, check out. And if you don't like one of those, you really might like the others. If you don't like Individual 11, you probably won't like Solid State Society. <laughs> but there are three kind of chances there. If you like Ghost in the Shell, if you enjoy the live action, or even if you don't enjoy the live action. It's historically very important, hugely influential on live action um, as well as anime. And... I'm, yeah, I'm really excited to be at this time. Like, I was just looking at the new trailers on YouTube and it was kind of crazy to see how many things as a teenager. You know, if I'd seen, oh, there'd be Spider-Man Homecoming and a Logan R-rated movie and a Ghost in the Shell live-action movie and, like, all these mm-hmm. cool things coming out. Mm-hmm. It's an exciting time to be a geek. Cool. It really is. Yeah. So, Tamara, I've got to say, are you gonna, is there any Ghost in the Shell I've managed to convince you you might go check out? Or are you, are you viewed enough? 
with innocence was too much philosophy and innocence. Uh, and it's just like yeah, I, I I've been seen as an actor for the film, so it's oh, kind of like oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will probably go see it though. Yeah. Okay. Why not? Okay. Would you check out any of the uh, the animes we talked about today? I love to check out the standalone. Okay. Ones. Cool. Definitely. I'll arrange that for you. Yeah. I've got a copy up in uh, Cambridge. So I, I'll bring it down. Going back to the second cinematic one, what mm-hmm. it really pushed for is the that puppet theory, mm-hmm. which was quite interesting, and uh, it reminded me a lot of the Japanese traditional puppeteer theater. Oh yeah, I remember you saying the uh, called the... called. Joruri. Also, it reminded me of those Karakuri puppets that were popular in the 8th, 17th century, 18th century, okay. where it's a sort of wooden mechanic uh, puppet. So, like, you just wind it and it does certain things. Right, okay. It's made by wood and it, it, it's fascinatingly beautifully done. Um, so, like, there's a lot of that in the second one, and which is quite fun to watch. You're talking about the, the AI robots that were augmented for sex, I suppose, those ones. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. ones. And also the, um, the, the... Oh, the little kid thing? The little kid. That is, like, almost exactly like... Really? What was very popular in the 17th century. That little kid thing's creepy as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's terrifying. Yeah, there, there's, there's, um, yeah, you, I, for me, innocence, you definitely feel more of Japan baked into it yeah. than yeah. the original Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, Tamara. Not at all. Thank you. For talking about these movies. I hope it's a little bit clearer for anybody listening. Or more confusing. I don't know. Do do it? Is it more confusing now? <laughs> I basically want to say is, what I'm trying to say is be careful because <laughs> there's a lot out there and there's a lot out there that might put you off Ghost in the Shell and be unfair because there's a lot of different iterations so you know if you need more research if you want to ask me more questions then email us at yeah. wearetessellate at outlook.com wearetessellate at outlook.com or just tweet at me Mr. Al White um, I'm also on all social medias as Mr. Yeah. Al White and if you want to play video games with me Mr. Al White as well um, if you want to ask Tamro some cultural things about if Japan, you know why these <laughs> cinematic <laughs> ones don't look Japan to me then please let me know <laughs> where can they let, where can they let you know? Uh, I'm on Instagram uh, Twitter has Tamro Ishida T-A-N-R-O-H-I-S-H-I-D-A good yeah good, good, good. Uh, we're back every single Tuesday with our topical games and movies podcast Simply Called Geeks, um, Geeks which normally features more than just two of us but we don't want to confuse this conversation with yeah. more than two yeah. of us um, and then yeah we have a bunch of other stuff going out right now on Thursdays I believe it is uh, Adrian is hosting a podcast called Hollywood and Wine in LA which is all just stuff to do with the industry which is a different slant for us so we're excited about that hmm. they're on episode 5 right now I think um, we also have the horror channel stuff which is going up every Friday we just finished Friday the 13th we're in the middle of a nightmare on Elm Street right now which is me and Alex talking through them and we're going to be revealing later what the next one's going to be we also just finished with Miharuka and Alison, the Danny Boyle retrospective hmm. podcast. So you can sign up to all them. We're about to split them all off into different podcasts. You can just get the stuff that you want right now. However, if you just go on iTunes, type in We Are Geeks, subscribe to our channel, you'll get everything. Um, hmm. It might be overwhelming. There's like six podcasts going up a week right now. But ignore what you don't want. And we'll let you know very, very soon over the next few weeks. Uh, the new format, which will make everything much easier for you. Or you can just follow my move. And uh, I think I'll be in one of those LA ones next time. Yes, yeah. you will. Yeah, just follow yeah. Tamro and yeah. it goes from podcast to podcast <laughs> to podcast. To podcast. <laughs> no, I keep running the weekly ones right now because it's hard to get people in LA to do them. So yeah, if you yeah. go in LA, can you kick people a little bit? Okay, sure. I will kick them. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening. This has been We Are Geeks, A Guide to Ghosts in a Shell. And we're out.
暴行が起動隊<笑> Yes or armored police dog riot <笑> whatever the fuck is <笑>